All right, you guys, we're back. It's another yep. community edition. Yeah. So we're on a roll. We're on a roll. <laughs> yeah. As we kind of like working at the, the bakery. We're on a roll. Yeah. Or is that rolling in dough, Clint? That's rolling in dough. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, so yeah. Either way, wow. we like bakery goods with our games and our coffee. So apparently today we're going to be punny. <laughs> <laughs> punny. What? What's a punny? Yeah. A punny exactly. show. So well, we're kind of goofballs. Is, yeah. That's just the way we are. We don't really do necessarily quote scripted stuff. Oh god. No. So we're not reading from a teleprompter or something. We're just us. Oh god, no, I hope not while we're driving. <laughs> just, yeah, you may need to uh, that, that focus. would be bad. <laughs> so so we're just talking about whatever kind of comes up yep. gaming wise. Now our last episode delved into took a sharp drive from Warhammer to camping, but yeah. we pulled into a campground and we couldn't help it. So yeah, it was it was it's our awesome. minds. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. So now uh we're doing a little bit different driving. Yep, we're we're kind of just driving, and then we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna stop and we're gonna go over ninth edition stuff afterwards, because uh, Ashley asked us to kind of review her uh, melee stuff. Her, her, yeah, her, her, her uh, God, you know, Death Guard. Death yeah, Ashley, Pox, I, Pox I keep Parker. getting, I keep getting. There's too many Death, because I've got the Death Watch, the Death Guard, the Death Wing, the Death God knows the 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 poop from above. I don't know, <laughs> you know, it just. Because it's it's death. It's, it sounds cool to put in front theme. of something. It's yeah. So her death guard just she got into that because it reminded her a lot of the Resident Evil characters. Yeah, he's very Resident Evil y. And I noticed that whatever. Warhammer appears to dare I say it take from a lot of other yeah, genres. And so they always kind of have. I mean, yeah. look at its beginning. I mean, come on, the Eldar or elves. Yeah used to have dwarves that were called dwarves. I mean, you had, which a yeah, lot of, probably. and then they became squats. They were called squats for a while. Oh, were they? They were that called squats. The yeah, that's okay. the 40k version of the dwarves were squats. Um, I kind of really wish they never got rid of them, because I think, well, I would probably never play them. It's still really cool to have dwarves. And then they named chaos dwarves. So they had chaos dwarves. dwarves. Yeah, chaos dwarves. So dwarves that were evil. Oh my god. So... See, I don't know every little faction. I know oh, that there's, there's enough there to yeah keep it so interesting. They, I mean, and I understand why they. I mean, they weren't really selling. People weren't playing them back then. So yeah, you know, if the model line's not going to sell, why keep making it? That that you know that just from well, business sense makes sense. That's because sometimes I think something looks good on paper and in theory. Yeah. Well, but, you know, like our work. And, there's all these things yeah. that sound good on theory. Yeah. But practicality is a doesn't work. And, so. you know, times change. I mean, we're Warhammer came out in the 90s, so we're talking, what, three decades now, almost? Yeah, I think it was so, late 80s, actually. Yeah, and, so, uh, it's been like 35 years or something. Things evolve, so, yeah. Well, and I think some of it's due to, like, politically incorrect yeah, about this yeah, or that. And they just got slammed, um, slammed with a whole bunch of complaints. I'm like, it's fantasy you guys yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a game it's why not we, meant to but some people are going to complain about yeah but anything. it's not meant to offend anybody it's just yeah. a game i mean pick what you want out of the game and, and game it so it's, yeah that's i find it, it, it interesting that the the people who are the hardcore gamers the the people who are rooted in all these fantasy games and everything have the best grasp of reality <laughs> you know yeah. it's just probably well, if they're not easily offended so yeah you know, you're you look different games. For instance, uh, 
we do actually quite a bit of World War II gaming. Yeah, we do. So during World War II, what, who was the biggest bad guys? It was the Japanese and then the Nazis. The Nazis were the bigger ones that yeah. everybody talks about. Well, with that comes certain sim symbols and things like that. Yeah. And you're playing historically accurate games. It doesn't mean that you supported that. Yeah. And it should never be taken out of context yet. Um, I know somebody, well, so does Clint. We uh, well, yep. won't mention his name because I don't want to cause him anymore. But he does World War II kind of off oddball stuff. Yeah. And he got in trouble because of some of the World War II symbols that were actually symbols in the war. Yeah. I mean, you know, yep. it's not like he's not a Nazi. He doesn't support that stuff, but you're trying to portray historically accurate yeah and so then his video got pulled I'm like it shouldn't offend anybody it, it should be in the history books yep. so yeah. people learn and never freaking do it again but and in that vein but, yeah. all the modeling groups all the historic modelers all their groups on Facebook run into that same but you know what they're heavily grounded and there's none of them you yeah. run across as quote racist people so I, so I I agree with you I think people who do gaming and stuff are a bit more now, they're not they're not as offended as easily let's yeah. put it that way and you can't you can't be it's a game I mean I, I find it funny game. to black bar a model ship where the symbol is just so they can post it it's like well this isn't porn you're not covering boobies or something what the hell yeah I mean it's I don't know but they, that's the way it is today so 30 years ago when it came out people were not you know is offended so then you you look at it from the collecting aspect the, the true historic collect collectors yeah so you before end of the war you couldn't get anything Nazi marking you, you know what I'm talking about the swastikas and stuff like that and now collectors will pay high dollar for real flags armbands because of just pins I mean they pay big money for that stuff it's because it's part of history that's yeah. gone it's not coming back so Historical gaming is something that here we are bouncing on the road. Sorry. Yeah. Historical gaming is something I wouldn't mind trying at some point, Clint. I mean, like, I think it might be fun to do like the Civil War. Yeah. Maybe I'm not I, sure. Or like Waterloo. Well, there's this one black powder cool. makes a set. Yeah. And I'm like, there's a part of me that's drawn to that, and part of me that's not. Like, I don't know. Would this be? But it might be. Like I'm not a huge Napoleonic fan, but yeah. then again, I always thought the way they fought was dumb. I mean, I would have. Yeah, I, I don't know how you march straight into line into gunfire, but hey, that's what they did. Now it was civil war. Civil is proper. Oh yeah, it was proper. You didn't you didn't shoot the officers or any of that stuff. Supposedly not. I would have been the first one to go all guerrilla tactics on that yeah, stuff. Yeah, be like, yeah, you know what, we're just gonna. <laughs> yeah, I'm like not marching single line into. No, why are Why are we doing this? You know, our guns or are squared up. Not squared superly up. accurate to start with. So why are we doing this? I mean, I, I, I well, understand why, but yeah, that's that's. But we also have this benefit of military history where we can look at all this and go, yep. yeah, I, I wouldn't have done that because I know other ways I could have done it you know and at the time that's they did it so, so that's what they did and so I my only quandary with doing like a Napoleonic era army battle is it's a lot of little dudes that you've got to paint and there's no vehicles and I like vehicles so well what about 
Romans. I think the Romans were the Assyrian cool. Romans. But then, on the flip side of that coin, I'll play, or I want to play War Gods of Egyptus, which you, is all. You made a punny. Romans I did make, coin. I know. I know. I did make a punny. I told you we were punny today. Yeah. So the uh, we're back on. Um, so like the War Gods of Egyptus are basically like I know, right? This road is weird. I, I it really does concern me a little. Um, so close to the so, water, but yeah. yeah. Um, this this Egyptian god it, one. So the war gods of Egyptus, it's very similar to the Roman, which is kind of funny in the same time frame, but the, those Roman army battles where you've got the troops, but instead every one of the figures has the, the, the bodies of the humans and the weapons like humans, but it's the head of whatever one. god. So oh, okay. you have your Anubis army, you have your, your, um, your Isis army, you have your Sobek army, you have your Ra army, you have everybody has... Based all off the, of the gods, so there gods. are all okay. just those heads. So it, it's kind of a, it's kind of cool in that aspect. Plus, they're twenty-eight millimeters, so they're not the really tiny. So um, you have room for detail. Yeah. See the really tiny six millimeter ones. I have no idea how these guys get such intricate detail under yeah, a magnifying glass. But then other people just do like, um, what do you want to call it? It'd be like a quick. Yeah, a couple a base paint colors. And yeah, and so you, at a glance, they look just fine. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'd be able to get too intricate. With I'm not saying I wouldn't play with six millimeters. They look kind of cool, yeah. but, well, I don't know how I go about painting them. But yeah, that's, I mean, I'm okay with, the, like, the Flames of War and the, the Team Yankee. Yeah, I mean, well. The, the, the troop units there. Those, those I'm good with. There's still some detail, but even then, I don't really like painting those. Probably because I'm old and hard to see, and... Um, You're not old, Jack. You know, whatever. And it's hard for me to actually hold a paintbrush because of my forming arthritis, which really pisses me off more than anything else. So, you know, that's why I can't use yeah. a normal airbrush anymore. I have to use the triggered airbrush because it's hard for me to hold the button down and pull it back, and it, it, it causes a lot of problems. So I just need different tools for my... Situation. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> So, yeah, I understand. You gotta, what do they say, overcome and adapt. Yeah, I do like that trigger airbrush I have because, um, well, I do like a double action airbrush. The whole pushing down for air and pulling back, or pushing down for air and pulling back for the control of paint does give you a lot of control, but if you can't hold your hand in that position, it's a little hard to do that, especially when you're, you know, flicking your wrist trying to do a spraying motion, where the trigger one, you adjust the, the paint flow dial and then you just pull the trigger for air and then you go. So it's it, the, the trigger one is like a mini car air, you know, paint run or air gun, paint See, gun, whatever. I don't know anything about the airbrushes no. as far as I understand what you do with them, but doesn't, don't you have, aren't there any that would release the air and the paint at the same time like a normal spray yeah, gun? Well, yeah, or you no? can get a single action where you adjust the dial. That's very similar to my trigger. And then you pull the trigger and that blows it. The The double action is nice because you have control of the paint flow right literally at your fingertip. But when you're thinking about holding a pencil like you would to write with, but you're holding it with your your thumb and your your, your middle finger. Your thumb and your middle um, finger, okay. And then you're pushing down on the top button, with, with which index. is right okay. above your thumb, and then you're trying to pull back. Oh. I've got big hands, so it's hard for me to pull back to get control. So really, and it's uncomfortable. Uh, if the trigger assembly were a little further forward, 
I could do the pullback easier, but then it's harder to push down the butt. So you're not you're not winning either way, uh, but you have full control of the paint. You can, at a moment's notice, determine more paint, less paint, whatever. Whatever you want. You yeah, know. Yeah. But really, when you're dialing it in, at least for what we're doing with the hobby stuff, I'm not doing airbrush paintings. I'm doing model kits. I want to set my airflow at a certain rate anyway and just spray like a spray can. I just like the control and the options with the airbrush. Plus, with the airbrush, you do have to add sometimes thinner or elements, depending. Now, the, the new Citadel stuff, the, any of the airbrush line stuff, it is literally designed to spray it in the cup and spray. And that's why I really like that Vallejo and Citadel both have an airbrush line of paints because it's so watered down, it, it's terrible to brush with. You don't, definitely don't want to use them to brush. Yeah, but, but it works great. Boy, in an airbrush, you don't need any medium at all. And cleanup is literally just run some water through the airbrush and you're done. Oh, well, that make it simple. Now, so, with an airbrush, shouldn't you have some sort of ventilation or... You know, I um, mean, so there are people, people that really... But when you think about it, if you are airbrushing the acrylics that we normally use, even airbrushing that paint, it's going to smell the same as it does when you open the pot. Yeah, you're atomizing it, so it makes it a little easier to breathe in the dust. That's what I mist. was wondering about. However, you like there that? is... A the mist is or? no. The mist from an airbrush is no different than you spraying something out of like a, a spray bottle. It's literally no different. So if you spray some Windex and you get that little fine cloud of mist, you'll get a little smell. You'll get the little ionized particles, and then it just kind of dissipates. That is basically what an airbrush is doing. Now it's not. I will never say don't have ventilation. Ventilation is always good, no matter what you're doing, painting, whatever. Ventilation is good. You like breathing. Breathing air is good. <laughs> Seems to I'm be. not airbrushing enough that I am creating this fog of whatever it is I'm oh, painting. Okay, so. I'm not breathing in ionized paint. Maybe a little bit, but your you know your lungs are meant to compensate for stuff like that. You breathe in dust and God knows what else every day. A little ionized paint, especially water-based paint, is going to make absolutely no difference. You will never. If you're airbrushing daily, every day, for years and years and years, maybe... Maybe that will be an effect. So they do make really cool vent systems. Also, small rooms, if you're airbrushing in the closet, it, it's going to smell a little more. But you know what fixes that? A fan. Just put a fan yeah, in. Yeah, true. A fan. Just, I mean, I have airbrushed with, uh, I will, when I was airbrushing, well, generally when I airbrush now, I just sit in, my, in the breezeway there, and I just fire up the airbrush, and I just airbrush over some newspaper. I don't worry about anything else because one, I'm airbrushing for 10 or 15 minutes at a time and I'm done. Because generally I airbrush the base coat. I don't yeah, do uh, I don't fine. do all my detail paint work with the airbrush. Now I used to have a really high detailed airbrush that I ended up selling because I would never use it. I mean, I've, this was so detailed, you literally added the paint one drop at a time. So you, you could do fine lines? Sure, it, would, it was designed to do, you could do hairs with it. You could paint hairs on things. There is no miniature or model that I would ever need that much detail work on an airbrush with. So why have this $600 airbrush that I'm never going to use? So it sat in a box for 10 years and I finally just sold it. And the funny thing, I sold it to a collector. The guy collected airbrush stuff. So oh, wow. the fact that this expensive airbrush was new is exactly what he wanted and they paid $375 for it. 
So I got it out of there. I wasn't using it. Technically, I didn't pay for it. Anyway, I got it for free. So just happened wow. to work out that way. Well, that's a good um, deal. Then. I mean, yeah, I you know. Somebody that's but that I never used it, it yeah. because there was no way I was going to use it. Now, there was absolutely nothing wrong with that airbrush. Sitting in a box for 10 years, the worst case scenario for an airbrush is you replace the rubber O-ring. Because everything else is metal or brass. Yeah, so, so there's nothing you know, to there's, fail there's or nothing, go bad. You know, the rubber O-ring might go bad over the air inlet. That's it. Or, you know, you may have to replace the nozzle one. The nozzle is actually now a, a neoprene, uh, plasticky rubber on most of them. Because you're, to clean the airbrush, you take the nozzle off most okay. of the time you don't do it every time but there's only so much cleaning you can do to a nozzle by sticking it in water and, and shooting air through it to make it bubble you can only clean so much so every now and then you have to take the, the nozzle off and the nozzle has a little rubber o-ring on the threads to uh, help keep the air and everything in so every now and then that that's where those little neoprene are you have you, you replace them every now and then you know it's it's not a big deal um, the biggest thing with the airbrush is you gotta be careful of the needle. Because it is, it's a long metal bar with a very, very, very sharp point. Like scratch scratch you draws blood type sharp, like exacto knife blade sharp. Oh wow, okay. Because it's it's a fine point. And it's not so much the danger of you getting hurt by poking the needle. If you bend the tip, it affects how the paint flows out. Oh sure. And then you can buy different needles. Almost every good airbrush you can take it apart slide the needle out like a, a mechanical pencil and change the needle so you've got different needle sizes and some of them you can buy as a kit so you'll get three needles and two or three different tips to depending on the needle so you can buy tips and packs of these needles according to yeah. what you think you're going to need to do right depending okay. on your detail so the the point of adjusting the paint flow on the double action which is one you push down and draw back is you push it down it the these these forks grab hold of the needle and pull the needle back and then the more the needle goes back the more pain it releases you release it forward the needle goes forward it blocks the pain off oh okay on like my trigger one in a single action you just have a dial on the back that just pulls the needle back and it leaves the needle in the position so like for when i'm primering tanks for for team yankee for example i will set the needle for a certain flow le level and i will just start primering all the tanks you know, I'll, I'll get all of them base assembled, so no tracks, just hulls, and then turrets, and then I'll just primer them all. Nice. I'll just put them on a newspaper, go through and primer them. That's a good way to do you it, know, though. I can, you can do knock them out. a bunch of them, and it's going to be the same with, like, and I will use the orcs as an example. If you're doing a bunch of orc boys, and you usually have 20 or 30 of them anyway, you can just airbrush them. Z the zip green, right through. You know, yeah. zip right through them. In the Citadel contrast paints, which we, you, you and I use quite a bit, and... I really can't say anything bad about them. Uh, can, other than if you tip them, boy, they spill quick. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sure. I knocked I'm the pot sure. over and that thing emptied almost instantly because it's thinner. Yeah. <laughs> um, when but, you're airbrushing with those, you have to actually thin them down a little bit still. So you you add two or three drops of medium to your, your airbrush cup, and then you add your paint because you want it just a little thinner, but, boy, it airbrushes beautifully. And it still gives you that dark shade. It still does exactly what it's supposed to do. Well, that's cool because you know, I like those contrast paints. Too. Actually, for me, for the Space Marines, I can only speak on that. Um, oh, you're yeah, painting you're... them. It is. It just is. It eliminates half your work, yep. and it comes out 
Now you gotta shake that pot really well. You gotta yeah, mix you gotta it really mix well. it up because it settles fast. It settles, but um, yeah, for your it is nice your ultramarines. Yeah, you know because you do have the standard generic army. Um, boy, you could just do a bunch of ultramarines, assemble them, and just down the line and just airbrush. And you could airbrush for a half hour and probably paint fifty or sixty of your miniatures, including tanks, like my uh, my one. The interceptor or whatever the one hover tank I have. Yeah. I'm gonna just put the hull together and then I'm just gonna airbrush it with the contrast because it's gonna be much easier for me to airbrush that. Um the it and the turret and then I'll go back through and do the detail work. Well so I mean really geez, that sounds like a game plan then. Well you you have the experience with the airbrush. Yeah, I don't it's well and, I you know here's my airbrushing. I use Rust Oleum uh, yeah flat gray but designed for plastics and so yep. for the space marines when i take them out and spray the sprues it, that was your suggestion yeah and it, it is phenomenal it how does. it pops the detail out i, I like that stuff coats yeah really nice and then on top of it it dries fairly fast and when it does dry holy cow that contrast paint flows right over yeah that's everything what so with all those dark angels that's the way i've done it fantastic so. yep but yeah, and now I have, I know there's so many different ways you can shade things and do whatever, you know. Um, I don't like the Tron look that GW puts out on all their stuff right now. It bothers oh, me. Oh, the Tron, yeah. It, it's it bothers me. an interesting and effect, but it doesn't look. It, I get why right. they do it, because it does pop on camera. It does make things a little more detailed on camera and in print. So I totally get the reasoning behind it. It, it just bothers me. So what I've done with my Dark Angels, for example, is I'll paint the Dark Angels in the contrast color, but then I go through and, can't tell where the road of the parking lot is here, um, then I'm going through and actually using the regular Dark Angels color to just do the edges with. So it kind of has the same effect, but the color's not so, um, not such a drastic difference that it looks Tronish. You'll yeah. see when we get in the light, I'll show you that Dreadnought, because it's done that way. And you can really see the differences, and it looks good. Wow, I'll have to check it out yep. then. I guess we can end this yeah. one here, you guys. Yeah, we're, we're gonna, gonna throw gonna... down some train, or we're gonna basically run through how to play Ninth Edition. So yeah, we're gonna check that out, and we'll look for the video because yeah. we'll do a little little video. It'll be up there on TikTok and YouTube, so and Instagram. Anything else, Clint? No, that's all I got. All right, you guys. Thank you. Uh, share this. Follow us. Have a good day.